this is where you come to hear tales of loss, redemption, salvation, perspectives, epiphanies, and self-evolution. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the glory in our stories. up Tigas listeners welcome to episode 68 of the glory in our stories if you haven't heard already this podcast has been picked up by iHeartRadio, apple Podcasts, spotify and all other major platforms on this episode we have miss alethea hudson a highly trained fashionista of alethea hudson designs check it out well good morning good afternoon and good evening welcome to the latest episode of the glory in our stories. It is me, your host, Calvin Wayne Pennywell Jr. And today, my guest is Mrs. Alethea Hudson. Um, she is uh, the creator of Alethea Hudson Designs, is that correct? That's correct. Um, I saw that she recently had an article um, that was posted recently. Mm-hmm. And if I'm not mistaken, I think you and all your kids have been interviewed. If not, has Eamon been interviewed yet? Not yet. Not yet? Yeah. Uh, but I can, I can see that coming. Um, man, I, I just want to start off saying that your whole family is talented. It may be an understatement, <laughs> but man, like it's just, when I first met Eamon, um, I didn't know he did music mm-hmm. because I've been working with him. And I guess the, the setting that we were in, it didn't give us the liberty to discuss stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I think maybe it was a, a year or two in, we started talking, you're like, I, mean, I produce. I'm like, oh really? Mm-hmm. So he let me hear some of his stuff. I was like, oh, you legit? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we would talk about music, and uh, of course, I, I joke with him and Leo, they can have like their own language when it comes to music, and it just goes right. over my head. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's just how in tune with his gift he is. Right. And even our mind. I mean, his presence on stage, and I just give anybody props that memorize their work. Right. Like, that's, that's impressive to me. Um, but I've been seeing you on, on social media. I've met you a couple of times, mm-hmm. even when Eamon, you know, Eamon was recording. Right. And I noticed, and I know this isn't TMI, TMI but your office, your setup. Mm-hmm. I was like, wow, I wonder how that came about. Like, that's your, I guess, your um, fortress of solitude, in a sense. Right. That's my woman case. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it was, I was like, wow, this is, uh, I wonder what, how did this come about? And you've been doing a lot of pieces for different people and different events. Mm-hmm. And to have a, uh, a daughter-in-law, daughter-in-law that share that same. Daughter-in-love. Daughter-in-love. That, I like that. <laughs> I like that. A daughter-in-love that shares that same passion. Right. And I know that pleased you when you found that out. Oh, most definitely. I mean, we all want our sons or our children, you know, to marry somebody who is like us. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, to find out that we share some common interests, you mm-hmm. know, and that we can have a good, uh, you know, talking relationship, speak, you know, on relatable things was a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when did you, uh, when you first met uh, Delisha, Mm-hmm. Did you 
know offhand did she like what, what was that type of conversation like uh, realizing that y'all had that commonality um no it wasn't evident at first but as a matter of fact I first met Delisha um they went to our church but the way I met her she commissioned me to create a dress for her yeah and uh, I think it may have been the first time that she and my son got together I'm not sure mm-hmm. but I think it was one of her birthdays and uh, I recreated this cute little dress for her but it wasn't until after that and she'll tell you about this conversation that we had yeah. uh, where I grilled her <laughs> <laughs> that's a whole other conversation but um, apparently she had been doing like maybe hand sewing mm-hmm. something like that and uh, my son eventually bought her a sewing machine and she just really started really getting into it and, yeah. uh, but this is a uh, come to find out this is a family event you know she has family that mm-hmm. sews and so it's just in her as well yeah um, but to find that out to find that that was something that she liked oh yeah we just home right in you know? <laughs> so, so it's a pleasure so speaking of family what was your uh, what was your childhood like did you grow up here in Augusta did you born and raised nice yeah and so my mother uh, she's from here as well but she was a seamstress well she's a registered nurse yeah so she could sew and Back then, during those times, everybody pretty much knew how to sew. It was almost like a must, you know, you have mm-hmm. to do it. So you learn how to do that. But um, my mother would come home, you know, like from her late shifts, yeah. and she would create, you know, our clothes, whether it was church clothes, school clothes, you know, whatever it was, I sat there and watched her do it. Mm-hmm. And um, so I would just eventually, probably around about eight, eight-ish, nine-ish, I would take the scraps from her you know what she was making yeah and I would create clothes for my doll now, mm. I didn't have the ordinary um, the regular Barbie doll and I don't know if anybody would ever remember this doll but she was a really tall pretty black doll Tiffany Mm-mm. and um, she could her head could turn <laughs> <laughs> and you know you could make her you know look like whatever you want to change her hair color but anyway I would make you know that was my model mm-hmm. Tiffany and so that's kind of where it started but it's a family bent as well. I learned that mm-hmm. my great grandfather was a tailor right here, like 1917. Yeah. And uh, Andrew Martin Jackson, mm. and I think he was the only black tailor in the area. And his wife was a seamstress, and she could go downtown and look at stuff in the window, do window shopping, because at that time they couldn't really go in and shop. Yeah. So she would see something that she liked, and uh, from what I'm told, she would go home, cut it out, did what she saw in the newspaper, sew it up, and wear it the next day. Wow. You know, so this is, you know, this is how I grew up, those kind of stories, mm-hmm. you know, um, and then just soaking up everything I could as far as uh, fashion was concerned, yeah. you know. Um, and I know you say you read that article, but in the article I talk about how uh, my mom saw that I was really serious mm-hmm. and interested in doing it, so she actually sent me to a two-week sewing class. Yeah. I wasn't old enough to go, but I was tall. <laughs> You know, oh yeah. So um, I could kind of get away with it. Mm-hmm. So she kind of lied about my age. <laughs> Sorry, mom. <laughs> and uh, it got me in the class. But I still have that picture to this day of the first garment that I made. Well, and it just kind of went from there. Yeah, I was. Um, there was a friend of that I. They moved up north with her and the family, but she was a, a, a seamstress, mm-hmm. and she was really good. And one time. I think she was just getting started with what I guess her own business mm-hmm. and she I had these two jackets that I got from uh, Salvation Army uh, but obviously when you go to Salvation Army and men leave uh, blazers these are usually 
bigger men, mm -hmm. but they fit you in certain areas. Right. And I'm like, yo, I want this to fit like snug, like right here. So oh, yeah, I could do that. Mm -hmm. And the amount that she charged me wasn't a lot. Mm -hmm. And I was like, w when I got the jacket back, mm -hmm. it fit me perfectly. <laughs> and I'm like, I honestly feel like I underpaid you. Mm -hmm. But she's like, that was fine because I was a friend. Right. But at the time, like I, this, this is something that you, it shouldn't be devalued because it's, that's not something that people can do easily. Correct. So um, I'm pretty certain that you worked with all different body types and have people had maybe some crazy uh, requests and um, as far as what they wanted. I see. I've seen it all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I learned um, by working because, you know, I also worked um, for Davis Bridal for about eight years yeah. uh, as an alterations manager. So I did get to see a lot of body issues, mm -hmm. you know, shapes and, you know, all kinds of stuff. Uh, spinal curvatures and oh, wow. uh, women with mastectomies and you know mm -hmm. and so I learned how to deal with those different types of issues uh, but yeah request you know crazy requests for you know certain garments and mm -hmm. you know different things like that so it but it's through those different scenarios and do, through different requests that I learned how to you know increase my skill set yeah because I, I just always had the mindset if it's been done I can do it mm -hmm. and I just use that to kind of drive me that if I didn't know it and if you allow me to you know work on it then yeah. I could practice it you yeah. know and so sometimes some of my clients were my guinea pigs so to speak <laughs> but I asked you know asked for permission like that one lady uh, especially well I won't just say it's black women because now you know everybody got hips and yeah. <laughs> all of that but she had really small waist and full hips mm -hmm. and so she had a hard time finding pants yeah and so that was one of the areas that I struggled in pants creating a nice fitting pair of pants and so I was just honest with her I said you know what this is not something I specialize in because I specialize mm -hmm. in bridal and formal wear but if you will allow me to try this on you you know work with you then hey I'm game and so she said oh yeah you know I trust you yeah so she allowed me to um, practice on her, you know, mm -hmm. you know, making those pants, and we came out with a decent pair. <laughs> but it's stuff like that, you know. I don't, I, I welcome, you know, different uh, challenges, you know, and issues. So that's what helped me learn. Yeah. yeah. Thank you all for listening so far. Keep tuning in as we take a quick break. We'll be right back. Hello again, TGOS listeners and all local vendors and entrepreneurs. Act now and you can be granted 30 to 60 seconds of advertisement on the next episode. If you are indeed interested and require more details, contact me via email at mrpennywell8 at gmail.com. That's M-R-P-E-N-N-Y-W-E-L-L, the number 8, at gmail.com. Or find me on Facebook under Calvin Pennywell. Stay cool, stay calm, stay kind. Let's continue to uplift, move forward, and branch out. Love each other, but most importantly, love yourself. And now, back to the podcast. I'm not setting you up to tell your age, <laughs> but have you, so what was, what was in fashion when you were growing up? And in the sense of that, do you see those fashions resurfacing now in the new, like in the latest century? Oh yeah, um, let's see, high school. <laughs> <laughs> We had people like Cindy Lauper and uh, Jody Wiley and mm -hmm. all those, you know, wearing like the tutus and the yeah. big proof of skirts. So we see all of that coming back around. 
um, the jumpsuits, you know, mm. all of that that's coming back around. Um, one of the big things that I saw when I was in middle school were the um, was the what we call dirndl skirts. And what nobody, I know, everybody <laughs> would ask, what is that? <laughs> but it's nothing more than these box pleated skirts that the ladies are wearing. I don't know if you've seen, like, the African print skirts. Yeah. And they're just, like, these pleats all around. Mm-hmm. Well, we that's what I learned to sew on when I was in uh, high school home economics, uh, middle school home economics. Yeah. That was the one thing that they taught us how to make these just box pleated skirts, just pleats all around. Mm-hmm. So now all of that's resurfacing now, like it's a big new thing. Yeah. But uh, it, nothing's really new, mm-hmm. you know. Everything comes back around, just has a different spin on it, maybe a different fabric added to it, you yeah. know, but there's really nothing new. Because I saw, like, one of my um, my soon-to-be sister-in-laws, she posted a picture of some bell bottoms. And mm-hmm. I was like, huh. Because, like you said, they put a new twist on it, which made it more attractive mm-hmm. for people like our age and even younger. Right. Because most younger people are like, no, I'm not wearing that. Mm-hmm. Like, even um, boot-cut jeans. Mm-hmm. That's, I see people wear them every now and then. I did prefer them when I was buying when it came out, like, years ago. Mm-hmm. And But even now, most people are wearing skinny jeans. And um, I do admit, maybe I have, like, one pair. You know, you got <laughs> you to try it out right. and see, you know, try to... Try to be hip, trying to uh, sound like I'm old or something, but mm-hmm. um, but no, but that is one of the things, the trends, you know, that's coming in, uh, the boot cut. Right now, it's like whatever, just go for it. Yeah. And you mentioned the thrift store, you know, earlier. That's mm-hmm. a big trend now, uh, yeah. thrifting, and uh, refashioning. You know, taking thrift store finds, and people are. I'm finding that uh, vintage, vintage mm-hmm. stuff. People are really liking to go, especially in your age group. Yeah. Really liking to go into the thrift stores and find stuff, maybe a colorful print, a fabric, or mm-hmm. something of you know an older age, and really making it look trendy and yeah. new right now. So, yeah. I think uh, I wonder. Does does that feel like Christmas for you when you walk into a thrift store? Cause you like you have all these <laughs> countless possibilities that you could do. And, and even the creative process mm-hmm. with that, I, I think is fascinating because I, I can only imagine what goes through your mind when you look at something and say, you get this idea. Thrifting? No, it's yeah. not. <laughs> I hate thrifting only, I don't like looking. I, I, don't, I don't even like shopping in the malls. Yeah. I don't like shopping, period. I know it might be hard for some people to believe. I don't. <laughs> I hate shopping, but I like creating things. Yeah. But when I do go into a thrift store, I go in to look for stuff like sewing-related stuff or mm-hmm. even maybe household goods. But there are some people. I have a friend. Um, I run a sewing group online uh, called So Much Talent. Yeah. And one of my administrators, she is a thrifter, and it's like heaven for her. But for me, I'm like, nah. You know, only because I don't like to look. Yeah. But put me in a fabric store. Oh yeah. That's where I. That's what. That's what's heaven for me. Yeah. That's what's up because the, all the fabrics and, you know, my mind just automatically start thinking of oh I can do this I can do that you know. Mm-hmm. I have, a tissue paper and little notebook pad notepad papers where I'm just drawing stuff. You know yeah I could do. So yeah <laughs> that's where I'm in heaven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was um, what so far? Do you it's probably you probably don't have one. Do you have a favorite um, piece that you worked on, or do you have is there a certain go-to that you just love, like either a pants, shirt, blouse, or a dress or anything? Yeah, for me personally, mm-hmm. well, in in the uh, sewing community, we call it um, uh, T and T's. 
mm-hmm. tried and true. Yeah. You know, the stuff that we've, you know, done, we like it. So if pattern-wise, we'll use it over and over again. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, I'm, I'm very relaxed. You know, I like, you know, relaxed pair of slacks, uh, pullover t-shirt, tee. Mm-hmm. Now, if I'm at home, I'm just bombed down. You know, jeans might have on um, uh, exercise gear, something like that. But as far as my favorite piece that I've made, uh, I would have to say, and you may have seen it in the article, uh, it was a silver wedding gown. Mm. It was very detailed. It challenged me. Yeah. You know, it was a lot of work. Resource and fabrics can mm-hmm. be challenging because you want to, you want the best, you know, and sometimes you have to work with people's budget. Uh, mm-hmm. And not saying that's what, that's what the case was here, yeah. but just in anything, um, you have to you know, resource them just the right fabrics and make it look nice. Because I always think my name is out there. You yeah. know, if I put this out here, somebody's going to ask who did it. So I always try to put my best foot forward. Yeah. But I put a lot of work in that gown. It had um, just a lot of details on it that I had to really think about. But the end result was beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so that's probably one of my favorites. Now, the final piece, like when you finish an actual um, garment. Are you done the moment someone puts it on or the moment you tell yourself, hey, it's, it's, it's the way that I, that I want it to be? The, a combination. Um, okay. When it's done and when I can say it's all good yeah. is when the client tries it on and she's happy. Yeah. You know, once everything is settled, uh, she's okayed everything, she's feeling good about it and uh, we both check it off and say okay yeah it's good yeah that's when it's done i was uh, i was watching a, a show recently and it's, i think it's called modern people or something on amazon and that's this woman who works she lives in the building and it's the doorman is like her main man he's like a father figure because mm-hmm. she's there alone and throughout the entire show he could look at a guy because he was like former military in russia so he can look at a guy and tell him if he's right or not mm-hmm. but at the end he finally sees a guy, and within two seconds, he like, he's the one. And she was like, how do you know? He said, because I looked at your eyes. And this whole time, we assume that he's looking at the guy, and he looks and he leans in and he says, I'm never looking at the guy, I'm looking at you. Mm-hmm. And the way people react mm-hmm. to the pieces that you create, mm-hmm. I can only imagine how good that feels to, to see that you are a part in giving, uh, uh, completing a, a service mm-hmm. for someone, and they're, right. they're satisfied. That's exactly what it's like, you know, and so they are my, um, I don't want to say check off. You know how you, um, you always, like a, a father, a daughter looks to a father or, or a child looks to a parent and mm-hmm. they want to hear well done. Yeah. And that's kind of what it's like, you know, yeah. and when that, when I get that smile or even, you know, I might have a client that's just cry, just, you captured exactly what I was looking for. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's yeah. just, I can't even explain the feeling. It's more so than creating it, mm-hmm. but just knowing, like you said, that I had a part in making somebody's day special. Yeah. Because I don't, in, in the long run, in the short of it, it's not just about sewing the clothes, it's not just about the money, but it, I see it as a business tree. If you yeah. know, it's business and ministry. Because yeah. I get to, sometimes you get women, I get women that come that are broken or have low self-esteem. Or sometimes they want stuff and don't think that they can wear it or pull it off. Yeah. 
but when they come and sit with me, we, I do consultation, so I can show them, okay, yeah, you you think you want this, but I'm gonna tell you what it's gonna end up looking like. Yeah. So I'm allowed to be frank and open with my clients during the consultation and say, okay, well, instead of telling them what they can't have, I show them first, well, let me make a suggestion. Yeah. Let's do this and let's see what this looks like. Cause I think this will really look nice on you. I know you want this, mm -hmm. but let's work around that and kind of give you a little bit of what you want, but let me put a little extra to it. Yeah. So I'm able to, to really give the client what they want, but a little bit extra. That actually spills over into into life because a lot of us want so many things, mm -hmm. but it's rare that we have somebody that actually pays attention. Mm -hmm. It's like, I, I see what you want, um, but we can set things up where you get a part of that, mm -hmm. but you get what you actually deserve. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So how often do you have someone who's designing something specifically for you pay attention to details uh, so intimately that as if they're reading your mind. It sounds like Mrs. Alethea Hudson really dives into her craft and not only dives into her craft, but dives into her customer. She's very intentional, very relational. What better qualities can you ask for some, from someone who's investing in a product specifically for you? Man. This is too awesome. So continue to listen in to the latest episode of The Glory in Our Stories with Mrs. Alethea Hudson. So when that comes across and what I've made and then the final, like the cherry on top, yeah. when they smile or cry or I get a big hug, mm -hmm. you know, that's that's when it's done. That's when I can hear well done. Yeah. Yeah. Have you ever done any pieces for your for your children? I have. <laughs> Ava gonna kill me for this. <laughs> Years ago, the first piece I did, he gonna kill me. Um, he was into Power Rangers. Yeah. And so um, I did a Power Ranger costume for him one year. That was, I think, probably one of the first things I did. Outside of, you know, little clothes like that. Uh -huh. uh, but I've made shirts. Um, my husband, I would make his shirts. And um, he would minister, minister music. Mm -hmm. So I'd make his shirts, his ties. I made a couple of blazers for him. Um, that's so dope. Oh, that's that's yeah. cool. But um, but I don't sew a whole lot for them. Yeah. Yeah. If, when you said that that you did that uh, costume for Amy, <laughs> the first thing that popped in my head was uh, you remember a Different World? No, 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 uh, not no. Cos Cosby. Think about the Gorn Trail. And she was just like, "That's what you asked." No, it's not. No. <laughs> but that was it's funny. But um, that's what I thought about. Mm -hmm. um, but because uh, my aunt. My mom had showed us a picture. Uh, it was a family picture we did. And you say, she said, you know that child, that baby suit you had on? I said, yeah. I said, your aunt made that. I'm like, really? And that was just, that was a new thing to realize that actually somebody mm -hmm. close to you actually took the time to create, like, you know, like a, like a anything. Right. They just, just assume that you go to the store and you just got what you need. Right. But there's an extra touch to it when you realize that it's actually mm -hmm. put together with for lack of a better word to, yes mm -hmm. and intent yeah right you know it is and that's what when I sew anything or create anything I create with passion yeah. I don't just again one my name is out there you know mm -hmm. so somebody looks at that garment 
and, and we tend to go inside and out, you know, like going in the store, you know, you want to look at somebody made this, well, let me look in the inside. Yeah. I think of all of that. And so when somebody sees anything that I've done, I want it to reflect who I know mm -hmm. God has called me to, you know, what he's called me to do. Yeah. It's not just about the sewing. Mm -hmm. And so I want people to reflect, oh, I want people to see God's reflection in my work. Yeah. You know, I want that to speak, you know, and I want people to say that was a God-given talent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not just something I just do because I can do it or I think I can do it, mm -hmm. but this is who I am. And I think that's one of the things I had considered in, to, in doing this, the podcast, is that the beautiful thing about everyone is that we're all different, but we're all the same. Mm -hmm. And we have areas that overlap and then the areas that a lot of us just don't agree with because it's different. Uh, but we are created to be different because there are many facets of God that a lot of us haven't even tapped into yet, right. depending on what situation you're in. Mm -hmm. And it's funny how the we as individuals are the many fabrics that you work with many fabrics and many different people. And I'm certain that you've learned so much, not just about them, but about mm -hmm. yourself. What are some things that you've um, learned about yourself internally in relation to what you do? I have a big heart. Yeah. You know, I love working with people. Um, you know, there are some challenges, you know, mm -hmm. I have as far as um, I'm a perfectionist. Yeah. You know, uh, I hate to say that word. <laughs> but, you know, I'm, I'm like this. I got to make sure it's right. You know, if it's mm -hmm. not right, then, you know, and, and stuff like that drives me. I have to learn to, you know, relax and give myself a break, mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times. Um, there are a lot of things that I've learned, but um, one thing that I have gotten out of this, I'm learning now that what I do, like you said, there's many facets to what many of us do. You know, mm -hmm. we're not just one, one-sided people. Yeah. You know, we have many things in us, and I'm learning there, there's more to me. There's more to this story. Mm -hmm. And um, that's why I say this is more not just about the sewing part, but it's about business street. You know, yeah. I get to minister to women. You know, I get to talk to them. I get to listen. They used to freak me out in the beginning <laughs> when it's seriously when it started happening because I would have people that were that were referred to me that didn't know me. Yeah. But yet, all of a sudden, they felt comfortable telling me like their most deepest secret stuff that you might just tell Jesus. <laughs> you know. <laughs> And I had to really ask God about it. I was like, well, what is happening? You yeah. know? But I learned that I can listen. I'm a listener. Mm -hmm. And people don't mind talking. And they know that if they share anything with me, it's not going anywhere. Yeah. But it was through this process that God, actually, I think it was my, I don't know if it was my husband or I both, but about 20 years ago, God gave me a mission statement. And at the time, I didn't know it was a mission statement, but it just sounded good, yeah. you know? But it is all relative, but it goes like this, um, mending broken and tattered lives, weaving them back into the fabric of our society. Mm. And so earlier this year, uh, I have a Periscope. I don't know if you know about Periscope. Mm -hmm. What is it? It's kind of like YouTube, but live oh, okay. in real time. Mm -hmm. And so I go live. Uh, it started out me uh, talking so and stuff, yeah. but I also minister, I also share the word of God. Yeah. And so now I'm, I have a Facebook presence with my sewing group. I have about 10,000 members in the sewing group where it's not just about me, but it's about sharing the skills and talents of others. Yeah. So so much, so many 
people that have gifts and talents mm -hmm. that's unexposed or they don't know is in them. Yeah. And so I get to help, you know, break that out, you know, help, you know, tap into that skill and say, come on, let's do this. And, you know, you can, you have this in you. But it's through sharing the word sewing, S-O-W, and then S-E-W-I-N-G, that I get to mend broken and tattered lives and mm -hmm. help weave them back into the fabric of our society. Because mm -hmm. I'm learning that even though we have gifts and we might be incredible at what we do, but we can still be broken. Yeah. You know, and it can hinder us from being all that we can be yeah. and all that we're supposed to do. So I, I'm discovering through this that I am, I can help others discover who they are. Yeah. yeah. And it's that the ideal of being um, rejected because of being broken. Mm -hmm. Our society is unfortunately have a um, habitual knack for doing that. Mm -hmm. um, but to remind us, it's like you are valuable. Right. You're salvageable, mm -hmm. you know, and we do need to be reminded of that. And I personally think coming from a family that's just, just been full of women, I've been the only male in the house for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And just realizing that, oh, I believe women need to be reminded, mm -hmm. of, aside from all the responsibilities and all the hats you all wear, mm -hmm. that there is value in who you are as an individual. Right. And you taking the time to remind other women of that mm -hmm. is very important. You said something that was almost verbatim that my mom has been saying for years. Mm -hmm. She's been an educator, and she mm -hmm. said when she first started, it scared her that parents were recommending, were referring their kids to her class. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this responsibility, I don't know what to do with it. Right. But she then was reminded that God is doing this, right. and he's reminding you that maybe at this point, whatever you think you don't have, it's always been there, and it's, it's going to evolve there. through mm -hmm. time. So he's place people in your path for a reason. Right. And even mom, she tells us all the time with me and my sisters, she said, whatever you tell me, it's not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. And she's always been there and she is the type of person that's a really good listener. Mm -hmm. So uh, maybe that's just um, a seventh or eighth sense that you right. all have amongst <laughs> others. But you, uh, I, I thank you all for doing that, for keeping our, um, our secrets, not just your kids, but people in general. Yo, what up, T-Guys listeners? This is Cal Pinwell Jr. again. I don't just produce podcast episodes, but I also record music. I have a few projects out now, including two EPs titled Born and Born Part 2. The list also includes three additional playlists. They can be found on my Noise Trade account at noisetrade.com. That's noisetrade.com. Free music. Can't beat that, right? Check it out, and I hope you inspire. Some, and this may take a left or right turn, but not in a bad way. What are some misconceptions that you've heard about fashion that you probably wouldn't either agree with or you just see a different side of it? Oh, one of the first thing that comes to mind is this uh, white, no white on Labor Day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> totally not true. I mean, it may have been at one point, but we're yeah. in an age right now where, you know, you just kind of you know, make it your own style. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I'm a firm believer if I want to wear white, I'm going to wear white. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in, on Labor Day. You yeah. know, after Labor Day. Um, another thing can, uh, along that same line as far as um, white, you know, and this is something that, that happened that I experienced in, in a church, is that, and I hope this don't come off 
sounding crazy, mm -hmm. but when I was younger, um, women, especially older women, mm -hmm. um, much older than me, <laughs> they would, um, they only had like two different kind of, two different color slips, white or black. Yeah. And so it was told that if you were white, you wore white slips on your clothes. If you were black, you wore black slips on your clothes. Or if you're dark skin, you wore dark slips on your clothes. And so that had filtered over into our society mm -hmm. now. I know some people probably don't hear that because you don't do slips that much. Yeah. It's now Spanx and all of that. <laughs> but now we have many different colors. And so I'm, I'm still seeing that sometimes. You know, mm -hmm. if, you're, if you're white or light skin, you wear white. If you don't wear black under your clothes, but it's not true. I'm always a neutral person. You wear yeah. the color that's closest to your skin color. Mm. And now we have those options, you know, yeah. to do that. Uh, I hear stuff like, you know, if you're short and petite, you can't wear certain things. You mm -hmm. know, you can't wear long skirts. It's not true. It's how you style it. Yeah. You know, it's all about style. It's all about proportion to your body. Mm -hmm. um, so that's why. When I tell people, when you go to somebody who really knows what they're doing as far as style, sewing, creating clothes, you're not just getting somebody who just sew. Yeah. You know, one, another big misconception is when if you get somebody to make it for you, sew it, it's cheaper. <laughs> nah, <laughs> it's not. It's not even that cheap for me to sew it for myself. Yeah. You know, because fabrics and all of that is different. But when you get to somebody who knows what they're doing, that's an expert in that area, mm -hmm. it's all about making you look the best that you can look with your figure and your body frame. Mm -hmm. Certain people think because they're they're bigger or smaller, tiny, that they can't wear certain things. Yeah. And they're surprised to know uh, if you put the right proportions together, the right combinations, the right styles, the right lines, oh yeah, I can wear that and I look good in it. Yeah. You know, so it's all about knowing your body type, knowing how to, to you know, put things together that people will be surprised what was allowed and was not allowed. Yeah, I've uh, I don't watch like red carpet that often, but you know you see the pictures, um, pending on. I mean, um, what's the word? But trending mm -hmm. on social media, mm -hmm. and every so often you see, like these are the dresses these people have worn, and this is the best and the worst, mm -hmm. and they have designers that obviously create these specific pieces for these individuals and it somehow complements who they are right. and I'm like how did they get that in tune with the person's character mm -hmm. and I think that right in itself is a, is a, is a gift because you have to be really in tune and like again going back to the word intentional with what you do right and it's true because you know this is why I say you know a lot of times you, you have to know your worth yeah. You know, because sometimes people will, society will dictate to you, well, you know, you're just a seamstress. Mm -hmm. and that was one of the reasons I don't I don't like to be called a seamstress. Yeah. Only because that's who I am by nature, but people tend to um, label you, and that's how they see you. You know, mm -hmm. as a seamstress, you think of a little gray-haired old woman with glasses on, you know, just sitting at the sewing machine mending stuff. Yeah. You know, but I like to be referred to as a custom clothier. Because yeah. I don't just sew, but I help style, I help create design, fashion designer. You know, I can look at you, and part of my skill set is being able to look at you and say, okay, this style looks good on you. Mm -hmm. You know, and so you have to have an eye for that. Yeah. Uh, sometimes you have to be a counselor. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I mean, you have to be a psychologist and, you know, all of that. Um, just talking with people about different things that they're going through, why they feel the way they feel about their body, mm -hmm. you know, why you won't do certain things. 
And so once you get through all of that, and that's where consultation comes in at. Yeah. And so if you, you have an eye, if you're not just one, just want to sew because it's trendy and it's the fashionable thing to do to make your own clothes or you just sewing to make money, but you get with somebody who this is their passion, this mm-hmm. is what's in them, they'll have an eye to see all of that. Yeah. You know? Going back to what you said about giving yourself value, mm-hmm. like you can, because I've noticed a lot of people may see that, okay, I know this person and they live and operate majority, majority of the time locally, and you see their prices. Mm-hmm. And like, why are they so, but you going back to like this, like you said, and for lack of, different phrase is it's not cheap Mm-mm. like not just um the, you charge the way you charge for many different reasons mm-hmm. but the material that you use that's right. not just something that you just go into a store and just fork over a couple of dollars for right. and ha- having that uh i guess the business mindset that's something that you acquired as you went on or did somebody have to school you on that well it's funny because um i, I haven't gone to school for any of this yeah um it's it's like I said, it's a, a family business as far as the sewing part of it. Mm-hmm. I did take a couple of marketing classes. Yeah. Um, but most of it has been hands-on experience. And I believe God orders your steps and directs your path so you can get what you need. Yeah. And so um, when I was asked to work for David's Bridal, mm-hmm. uh, it was funny because I had no experience as far as um, having people on a payroll, yeah. managing a group of women, didn't do payroll, I had my own self to pay, you know, <laughs> but through that, I learned a lot of that, you know, I learned business sense, I learned um, how to, you know, schedule, how to, you know, do payroll, how to uh, book my clients, I've learned uh, customers' personalities, you know, mm-hmm. I learned different scenarios and what to, how to handle different situations. Yeah. But when it came to the business sense, I had to learn to do business because my husband would tell me I was a free will sower. <laughs> you know, and I was kind of, it was sad, but I was kind of the one, well, you know, whatever, you know, whatever you think it's going to cost then you know. Yeah. But I, this is the one thing that I, I express to people and I try to relate to other people. You have to dictate your worth. You First of all, you got to know your worth, yeah. you know, what your value is. When you know your value, then you don't allow people to take advantage. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got doctors, they make money. You teachers, professionals, they make money. I'm a professional. Yeah. I make clothes, I design clothes, and I don't let people downplay my gift. So I feel like this, if, if anybody else, whether you've gone to school or not, you're a professional or you're an expert at the point that you maximize. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? I had a, a master tailor to tell me that because I always say, well, I'm not an expert in my field. He corrected me, popped me on the hand. He said, don't ever say that again. <laughs> he said, because you have mastered mm-hmm. the skills where you're at. He said, I don't care if you've gone to school for it or not. You are professional at the level that you are at. Yeah. And I never forgot that. And so I had to learn to do business because people, they will take what you give them. You know, mm-hmm. if you act like you're not sure what you're doing, then guess what? That's the kind of pay you're going to get. Yep. But if you know what you're doing, you're sure what you're doing, and you give them and deliver what you're sure on, then you can demand that pay. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? You, it's all about knowing your worth. But you have to dictate to people who you are and what you're giving them. And having that sense of um, perfectional, perfection, when it comes to, like they used to calling yourself a perfectionist. I've come across a lot of uh, quality of 
regardless of what work it is, whether it's clothing, music, or whatever it is in general, you can tell when somebody has, they take pride in what they do, and they do it extremely well mm -hmm. because of the quality right. and the longevity of it. Right. And there, and you just made a great point. There are a lot of people with all these degrees with letters from A to Z mm -hmm. and do the crappiest work. <laughs> and you're like, this, this is what this is? Like, this is a major brand. And it's like, it's terrible. Right. And not only that, it, it, it is void of human interaction. Right. And that human connection and right. human intent. So um, I can obviously see that in your work, not just by you expressing it here, but just seeing it in your work in general. Mm -hmm. um, but that's something that I think we all need to be reminded of, especially when we do something very well and you've been doing it for a very long time. Right. Like you have mastered it. Right. And like, and it, there was a, a guy um, that was giving advice to me and my and Adrian, my fiance. He said, "Yo, give yourself credit." They really give yourself credit for how much you've done and how far you've come, how much you've experienced. And honestly, the experience is probably one of the best teachers. Yes. And it will humble you. It would <laughs> definitely. It so. would definitely humble you. Um, I guess I'll ask you um, one more question, and I ask you my last question. What would you say is what has been the biggest challenge for you in relation um, to your profession? The biggest challenge has been knowing my worth. Yeah. You know, and really spitting out, you know, well, yeah, this is going to cost this. You know, because sometimes my, my price is scary. <laughs> <laughs> but when I realized, you know, what what all is involved, yeah. I had to sit back and I was like, you know what, yeah, well, I do a lot. You know, and in mm -hmm. the scheme of, you know, the average rate of pay per hour and, yeah. you know, all that I do. I really, somebody challenged me on this one, one time and wanted to get a breakdown of, what I, you know, what, why I was charging what I was charging. Mm -hmm. By the time I did it, I should have charged a lot more. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I'm going to start doing business. Yeah. You know, and I had to just, you know, get a backbone mm -hmm. and say, yeah, this is my price and I'm not blinking an eye. Yeah. You know, because that's what I'm worth. Mm -hmm. If you don't know, I had to learn that. That was my biggest challenge. If I don't know my worth, how can I expect somebody else to take me serious? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I had to just get a backbone and say, okay, yeah, I ain't backing down. That's my price. That's <laughs> <laughs> and But I give people the option. But my thing is I learn to work with people at their budget. So mm -hmm. I don't just, you know, spit out price and say, yeah, you pay this or hit the door. Yeah. No, what's your budget? That's my first question. Mm -hmm. So what's your budget? What do you want? Now, if the budget don't match up with what they want, then I'm like, okay, well, let's let's work with this. <laughs> you know, well, let's let me show you what you can get for your budget. But we yeah. can try to do something to come close. So, learning to work with clients, um, learn to keep my my attitude and everything in check. You know, because you do come across a lot of people in this mm -hmm. field with different personalities, mm -hmm. and so I have to learn to do business professionally. Yeah. You know, and then. Um, educate people mm -hmm. you know on who i am and what my brand is all about i can see that uh, spilling over into your sons i mean especially amen mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to his work he does and he's been doing this for a while he's like yo my, my name is on this so he, he really tries his best to put uh he puts quality and time and consistency into what he does so when you hear it like this isn't something i just did out of nowhere like right. this took time and it took a build-up but Having that mindset that yo, this is this is something that I do professionally, mm -hmm. and I've been doing it for a very long time. And yes, I do deserve 
this much because this is my worth because people, the typical um, quote is, if you don't apply value to yourself, somebody else will. That's so true. That's so true. And so I, I really tell you, you yeah. know, give you my value. You know, because like I said before, if you don't know your worth, how can you expect somebody else to, to take you serious? You know, yeah. if you don't take yourself serious. Mm-hmm. you like, uh, well, people take advantage every time. Yeah. But I find that people respect you more when you assure yourself. Yeah. You know, they, res- they highly respect you. They might not be able to afford it. But I had one lady come to me just recently, and she said, you know what? When I came to you, and I don't know, she didn't tell me what she expected to pay, but she said when I quoted her that price, she said, I respected that. She came back to me, but she said, I couldn't afford it. But she said she did whatever she needed to do to get the money. She said, because I appreciated you. She said, you didn't even blink her eye. She said, that was nowhere near what I expected to spend, but she knew my work. And see, and that's the other thing. You, your, your dollars have to match the quality. Yeah. And I, this is what I educate others on. Don't get out there and do something and you put a high dollar on it because somebody else is demanding that. Mm-hmm. But your quality of work better match up with the dollars that you, you putting on your work. Yeah. You know, so it, it's, there's a balance. Uh, going back to uh, before we were discussing, <laughs> having the interview, we were talking about Apple. Mm-hmm. Uh, I went to the Apple store to get my computer fixed. And there's this young guy that works there. Mm-hmm. And he helped me, and I'm like, he's telling me all this stuff. He said, we're going to do this, 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 and this. And he's asking me questions mm-hmm. to see where I was as far as the the, the software. Mm-hmm. And I told him, he said, oh, yeah. And I, then I asked, is this going to cost anything? He said, oh, no, we do this for free. But in my mind, I'm like, if you do this very well and this is free, I can only imagine how much they should be paying you to do this. Mm-hmm. Because his customer service was 120%. And I immediately asked, I said, where can I go to give you a review because though this was good. this is probably the best help I've had mm-hmm. in anywhere That's good. receiving any service mm-hmm. and going back and say this one last thing Beyonce mm-hmm. Beyonce charges like a lot for her concert tickets mm-hmm. and but those people pay those amount of money now I'm not jumping on the beehive mm-hmm. uh, but it just there's some <laughs> songs I, I like I, mm-hmm. I admit even after off of her latest album but they pay that amount and she charges them out for a reason. Mm-hmm. And I've only seen clips, but she gives it her all. Right. I mean her all. Mm-hmm. In the midst of being a wife, a parent, a sister, and wearing all these hats, mm-hmm. she gives 120,000% every time she performs. I'm like, yo, I, I can see why you charge that much. Because she gives good, you know, that she's good at what she does. Yeah. That's in her to do it, you know, but average, person can't you know they can't demand what she demands because they won't give what she gives yeah you know so it, it all goes back to knowing you know knowing your work yeah uh, I'll make this the last question I love mm-hmm. and I enjoy asking people this because I get a variety of answers mm-hmm. uh, I gotten people telling me exactly what they know and then some people will say I really don't know at this point but <laughs> <laughs> the question is what would you say is the glory in your story the glory in my story is being able to tie all of who I am into one package and being able to help other people yeah. know who they are through what I do. You know, because like I said earlier, this is not just about business, but it's business streets, business and ministry. Yeah. So I get to share all of me and all of what God has put in me to do with others. And when I see people, other people shine, mm-hmm. when I see other people learn who they are 
and I can take somebody who's down and not I can take somebody who's down but when I see somebody who come to me they're down brokenhearted or you know feeling some type of way but then yet they can leave feeling refreshed feeling like they're on top of the world feeling like now I have a sense of what I'm supposed to do yeah that's the glory of my story because it's not just about me what I do is for is to help other people and I think that should be the uh, the anthem of all of our lives. Is it's not just about me, mm-hmm. and I have to constantly tell myself that every single day. Even when I get upset about something, and like I am put in this position for a specific reason, because me being here in this season will help somebody else in the next. Right. So again, going back to what you're saying, it's not about me. Um, but thank you for your time. I really appreciate it. Uh, for those of you who are listening, this is the latest episode of the Glory in Our Stories. Uh, with Mrs. Alethea Hudson.